Hey, I jumped up off the porch, I had no choice but to get it. My mama was at home, my daddy was lying about coming to get me. I told you bitches, I ain't got no feelings and I meant it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. We've said it on this podcast time and time and time and time again. Fit matters. Fit is the most important thing when it comes to sports. You can, I mean, you look at some people that, I mean, one of the biggest examples, let's say football. One of the biggest examples of fit matters is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill looked like an absolute bust in Miami. You go to a new organization, which is the Tennessee Titans. You go to a new coach. And and now Ryan Tannehill looks, I'm not going to say like the best quarterback, but he looks like a very serviceable quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Fit matters. Now, of course, when I say fit matters, I'm talking about Andrew Wiggins and his fit with the Golden State Warriors. But let's let's not start with that. Let's not start with that. Let's start with literally what we're seeing in these finals. First and foremost, apologize to not dropping on uh, on Saturday. You know, car problems is uh, is something that you just never you never see coming until it comes. So, I apologize for not dropping. But let's talk about Game Four and Game Five. First of all, you're starting to see one of the biggest reasons why I ha- I chose Golden State in six. Now. There have been things to develop over the finals that have kind of, I'm not going to say changed my mind, but kind of gave me pause. But game four and game five is the, is the purest example and the prime example why I chose Golden State in six. Game four, Golden State was down 2-1. Everyone in their mama knew, nobody, like only one team, well, I'm not going to say. That. Yeah, only one team, I believe, came back from 3-1 down in the NBA Finals, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2016. 2016. So the last thing Golden State wanted to do and could do was go down 3-1. So what did you see? You saw Steph Curry probably have the best game he's ever had. Now, stats-wise, no, it wasn't the best game he's ever had. Hell, it's not. if you just talk about stats, it's not even the best NBA Finals game he's had. I remember he dropped 45 against uh, the Toronto Raptors in 2019. Yes, they did lose that game, but stat-wise, it wasn't even the best. But why a lot of people, including myself, think this was the best game he's ever had in the playoffs is because of the gravity of the game. It's because of how important it was. I think he finished with 43 points, 10 10 rebounds, and I think like four or five assists. And to, 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 to highlight this point also highlights another point, and we'll talk about Jason Tatum. We'll talk about Jason Tatum and Steph Curry at the same time. Steph Curry knew. Everyone in their mama in Golden State knew the last thing you can do is go down 
3-1 against these Boston Celtics. Which, by the way, quite has kept Boston as a better team than Golden State. They, I mean, on paper, if you look, Boston has the better team when you have Jason Tatum, when you have Jalen Brown, when you have Marcus Smart, when you have Al Horford, when you have uh, Robert Williams, when you have Derek White, when you have Grant, Grant Williams, when you have Peyton Pritchard. They are a better team. But like I said, the one of the biggest reasons why I chose Golden State in six was experience in the gravity of the moment. A lot of people talk about Celtics being in what a multiple game sevens, being in multiple hard fought, hard fought playoff series. Now, am I saying that? that Boston can't come back and win this series. I'm not saying that at all. That would be a daunting task at this point, but what you what what you saw in game 6 from Steph Curry is exactly what you thought you would see in game 5 from Jason Tatum and you didn't see that. In game 4, Steph Curry went crazy. Steph Curry had 43 points uh tennis 10 rebounds i think four assists he draymond green had another bad game clay thompson i think maybe had like 15 points or so but steph curry was not going to let golden state go down three one and in boston a hostile environment once steph curry starts talking to the crowd is a wrap you don't really see that. He's he's more of a male man. Like, he'll have flashes of yelling and stuff. But once he starts talking to... Nah, it's, it's a wrap. But then... But then you go to game five. Everything that was supposed to go right for Boston did. What do I mean by that? Because you're probably thinking to yourself, wait, Boston lost game five. Everything that was supposed to go right for Boston did, except for the third, I mean, the first quarter and the and the fourth. What do I mean by that? Boston dominated Golden State on the, on the boards. Boston had way more uh, free throw attempts and free throw makes because he had more free, free throw attempts. Boston had held Steph Curry to what 16 points first time in like 200 and something games where Steph Curry failed to hit a three. Steph Curry struggled. I think he was seven for for 22 the entire night. He did have eight assists, but as far as scoring the ball, he struggled. This was by far the worst game he had in the in in the in, in the finals. So everything is going right for Boston, except for three things. While they destroyed Golden State on the on the on the boards, I think they out rebounded by like eleven points. Golden State destroyed them at points in the paint. While yes, Steph Curry. One thing that they say, and one thing that it's statistically true, is your role players play better at home. And this goes back to my original point as far as fit matters. You saw Andrew Wiggins had 
Andrew Wiggins has had multiple 40, 45, 47-point games. Andrew Wiggins is a scoring machine. In, well, let me say, Andrew Wiggins was a scoring machine in, in Minnesota. I think, shouts out to Jalen Rose. He says something that kind of like, no, it wasn't Jalen Rose. Shouts out to Shannon Sharp. He says something that kind of, rem- like, wait. Andrew Wiggins is the only player on the floor in these, in these NBA Finals that was the number one overall pick. That does mean something. That means that you deserve to be a number one overall pick. Unless you're Anthony Bennett. But we're not, we're not going to talk about that. But the role players play better at home. And that's what you saw in game five. Andrew Wiggins had the best game of his life. And it's not just the stat line. Again, Steph Curry has had multiple. Steph Curry had a 62-point game, I believe. I think it was against the... It was against Portland. He had a 60-pointer. But this game was the – let me not say it. game. Game four was the best game Steph Curry's ever had. Andrew Wiggins has had 40 multiple 40-point 40 games when he was in Minnesota. But game five, when he had, what, 26 points, I think 13 rebounds, he was – that. this was the best game he's ever had. Jordan Poole uh, kicked in with, like, 14 points. I think Klay Thompson had, like, 21 Draymond Green, even though he did foul out, I think he had a better game stats-wise, maybe not, but energy and stuff like that. But this is why, like I said, it goes back to fit matters. Fit matters because, and, I, and I've talked about this several times in this on this podcast, so I'm not going to linger on it, but Andrew Wiggins had a, there was a bus label. There was a bus when, when people thought about Andrew Wiggins, they thought of bust. Again, there is a, a, a certain level of, of pressure that comes with no, number one overall pick. If you think about it, look at Baker Mayfield. You think a lot of the things that we, I'm not going to say tolerate, but a lot of, uh, we talk about Baker Mayfield as much if he was the number one overall pick, especially when you see the stats that he puts up. We talk about Lamar Jackson way more than we talk about Baker Mayfield, but we talk about Lamar Jackson due to his talent. We talk about Baker Mayfield due to, I mean, he's number one overall pick. Hell, we still talk about Johnny Menzel. And he ain't, I think he's on the fan, the fan league or something like that. Fan generated league or something. Andrew Wiggins, while yes, I think coming out of Kansas, he deserved to be the number one overall pick, especially for that draft class. And yes, I do think that he underachieved, and I do think that he should and could have been better when he was in Minnesota. But just because you're a number one overall pick doesn't mean that you pan out to be a number one overall pick. But that doesn't always mean that your career is bad. It doesn't also mean that you're trash. I think a lot of people, what a lot of people do is you're either great or you're trash when you're a number one overall pick. There's never an in-between. We talk about uh, uh, Derrick Rose. A lot of people say his career, you know, due to injuries and everything, but he was great when he was great. You know, we talk about, <laughs> hell, Anthony Bennett caught a stray. He'll catch another stray. Anthony Bennett may possibly have been the worst number one overall draft pick. He is trash. You see, Andrew Wiggins, while he may not, 
It's also hard being a number one overall pick because you know you're going to a trash organization. Hell, this is the first year the Timberwolves have been good since, what, Kevin Love. And I think this is the first year that they made the playoffs since, what, 2001? Which was Kevin Garnett days, I believe. So what I'm saying is fit matters, man. And you go from being a number one option or being a number one or two option between Andrew Wiggins and and Carl Anthony Towns to being a third and fourth option. Hell, a lot of people thought, including me, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm (laughs) I'm just great at predicting things. I sat here and said that one of the biggest reasons why Golden State got Andrew Wiggins was because he can be a good trade piece. You can package him up with maybe, I think they had the number two overall pick at the time, which turned into James Wiseman. You can package him up and ship him somewhere. Andrew Wiggins is a good, solid player. Uh, He may not be able to be your number one, maybe not even your number two, but he's a good, solid player, and you get a draft pick. I thought they were going to flip him for somebody big. Hell, I think I said on this podcast, maybe, that I thought they were going to flip Andrew Wiggins in the, in the Kaminga pick and the number two overall pick. I thought they were going to flip them for, for Joel Embiid. Because remember the, the the are they going to keep Joel Embiid? Are they going to keep Ben Simmons? That storyline that was going on in, 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 in Philly. But I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong, and I was wrong. I wasn't wrong in saying that Andrew Wiggins isn't a good piece. I was wrong in saying I didn't know, you know, with the with the contract that he he has with him, I didn't think he was going to fit in Golden State as perfectly as he as he has as he has. So shout out to Andrew Wiggins and shout out to Golden State for now being up three two. Oh, and for people. For people that say just because Steph Curry had a bad game, for people that say that he is not the Finals MVP, it should go to Andrew Wiggins. Look here. And again, shouts out to Shannon Sharp. I watched the Undisputed the other day and or yesterday. And Uh, Skip Bayless. No, Shannon Sharp. He rattled off some of the greatest players we've ever seen. Michael Jordan. uh, Shaq. Kobe. Larry Bird. Magic Johnson. Every single one of them had a Steph Curry type game that that we saw on, was it Monday? Tuesday. Monday. 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 I think Jordan had a 7 for 29 game. I think Kobe had a 6 for 28 game. Like, everyone's had those type of games. It doesn't mean, I mean, Steph Curry at this moment is averaging 30.6 points a game, 5.8 rebounds, and 4.6 assists. If that is not, and he is leaps and bounds as far as stats-wise, I think the next best player is like 18, and I think that's, uh, that's Clay Thompson. So if you don't think Steph Curry is the MVP, then I don't I don't know what to say to you. You already messed up in 2015 and giving it to Iggy. Let's not do this again. But I want to go back to something. We talked about game four, Steph. 
We talked about Game Four, Steph, and how he knew, or and how he went in with the mindset that I'm not going to let my team go down three one. And we saw arguably the greatest performance he's ever had. And I said the performance that we saw from Curry is the performance that I thought we were going to get from Jason Tatum in game 5. Now, did he I need did he need to match the 43 points? No. But this is why I said people killed me. I got a lot of DMs for this. When I talked about Jason Tatum and and I I I I talked about stars versus superstars. And I now this was when Tatum was going crazy against Miami. Uh I understand Tatum's what 24. And I'm not comparing him to LeBron, but LeBron James was a superstar at 24. Kobe Bryant was a superstar at 24. Shaq was a superstar at 24. Kevin Durant was a superstar at 24. What do they all have in common that Jason Tatum has in common with them? <laughs> Is that people? The the quite. Let me say this. I said this this episode. Now say it again for people that missed that episode. Stars and superstars to me. A star has the talent of a superstar. You can't tell me. The st- everyone's talented in the NBA, but of course there's levels to it. But a star has the same, I'm not going to say same exact, the star has superstar-like talent. It's just the mindset. It's the consistency, and that's not what I'm seeing from Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has been, Jason Tatum is the best player on Boston. He's their leader. There's, I mean, yes, Jalen Brown has probably been the best statistical player for Boston this finals, and I would choose Jalen Brown as finals MVP if Boston does go, you know, find a way to win two straight and beat Golden State in seven. But there's been several times. Game five. Jason Tatum didn't take a shot for the didn't take a shot, not make a shot, didn't take a shot for the first like seven minutes of the game, seven or eight minutes of the game. To the point where they had to take him out, I guess, remind him who the hell he was. And go back in the game. Which then Jason Tatum finished with, let me let me pull this up, uh, finished with 27 points. 10 rebounds, 4 assists. The problem, however, is Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart combined for 4, 9, 13 out of, out of the Boston's 18 turnovers. And a lot of those were unforced. But let's, let's, let's stick with Jason Tatum for a second. You look at the numbers. I mean, Jason Tatum this series is averaging, what, 22, 23 points a game, 7.6 rebounds, 7 assists. 
but it's the consistency, which is why Jason Tatum has the talent to be a superstar. Like again, stars, in my opinion, have superstar talent. They just don't have the consistency. They may not have the mindset. Paul George has the talent to be a superstar. To me, he's just not a superstar. Jimmy Butler has the talent to be a superstar. He's just not a superstar because he doesn't have that consistency. Paul George doesn't have that consistency, especially in the playoffs. Jason Tatum has had huge moments in these playoffs. He had a 50-point game against Brooklyn. He had like a 47 or 49-point game against Boston. I mean, not Boston, against Milwaukee. Yet, when the light is brightest, the brightest it's ever been for him, which is the NBA Finals, he has come short multiple times. That doesn't mean the talent's not there. And like I I started this with saying, Golden State, I mean, Boston is the better team. Yet, they find themselves down 3-2, which... To wrap it up is why I said and why I was on the table saying, you know, yes, Boston's a better team. Boston's a more athletic team. Boston's a better defensive team. Boston is a better, is a younger team. Boston has more players that we've seen this playoffs that, you know, we've seen Marcus Smart have a great game. We've seen Al Horford have a great game. We've even seen Peyton Pritchard and Derek Derek White have great games. We've seen Jalen Brown have great games. We've seen Jason Tatum. We've seen their role players have more great games than possibly their stars. But what I'm saying is Jason Tatum has to be better. And to go back, I I think one of the biggest reasons why I thought Golden State would win is because of experience. Yes, uh, Jordan Poole's never been to the finals. Yes, Andrew Wiggins never been to the finals, but the core has. Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins has, you know, is still a number one overall pick and fits in perfectly with Golden State. But Clay is is a three time champion. Dre is a three time champion. Steph is a three time champion. Andre Gudala, he's 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 been important as far as the leadership role. He's been kind of like a hybrid uh, Udonis Haslam role for Golden State. So what I'm saying is this, and before we move, you know, as we move on, I'm saying this. If Golden State does win this series, whether it's in six, whether it's in seven, it's going to be because they have a superstar. In fact, I went back and I looked. Almost every NBA champion has had a superstar. In recent memory, I can go back to one that that hasn't, and that is the Detroit Pistons in 04. They had some incredible players. They had Chauncey Billups, Fripp Hamilton, uh, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. They didn't have a superstar, but a lot of people do say that that Lakers team was one of the most disappointing teams in Lakers history. They had Shaq. They had Kobe. But, again, if Golden State does win this series, it will it would be because, A, they have a superstar, while Boston, in my opinion, does not, and because of experience. 
You can you can look at the games and see ball at times Boston looks tight. Like Boston looks tight. Boston looks like the pressure is getting to them. It never really looks that way for Golden State. Let me say this. It never really it never really looks that way for their best player. Hell, Steph Curry had went 0 for 9 from 3. And the man was it didn't seem like he was rattled in the slightest. So congratulations, Golden State, for being up 3-2. And the, for the next game is, what, Thursday in Boston, game six. Uh, I think this 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 is the game. I'm not I, – I know people keep saying if they win this game, they win the series. I said that about game four, and I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> but I will say uh, If you don't get a, a a a signature Jason Tatum performance, it might be a wrap. Because Golden State, again, you you dominated them physically. You dominated them on the boards. You dominated them at the free throw line and in the foul, the the foul uh, discrepancy. Steph Curry had his worst three point shooting night. He's had in what two hundred and something games. Draymond Green fouls out again, third time this finals. In fact, uh Clay Thompson, I think, is the only Golden State starter that hit a three. The only Golden State starter that hit a three. And he hit uh, I think five of them. You get all that, and you still lose the game. So, at this point, every gamer is is is, is uh, make or break for Boston. But if you don't get it from Jason Tatum in Game Six, then I won't be surprised if because I don't I don't I don't see Steph Curry going zero for nine again. Now I also don't know if he's going to go for forty three again, but. I can I can see Andrew Wiggins duplicating what he did. I can see Jordan Poole duplicating what he did. We all know about game six clay. I can see Steph Curry bouncing back. It's just how will Boston respond? So we'll see. Let's move forward. <laughs> so we're in the NHL, uh, Stanley Cup Finals. You have the Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let me first say that every single time I made a prediction, it was drastically wrong. I first, you know, of course, I'm going to ride or die with my Capitals. Uh, that was a huge failure. <laughs> then I I chose the team that beat the Capitals, the the Panthers. That also was was bad. Uh, and I went with Connor McDavid. It's also bad. So now we're here. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning looking for the they're looking for a three-peat. And against the Colorado Avalanche. And and to be honest with you, when I sit here and think about it, this was the the matchup that it should have been. I know a lot of people say, but what about, you know, the Hurricanes and and this, you know, winning the President's Cup? 
I don't know if you noticed, but if you go back in history, a lot of the President's Cup's winners don't really make it out the first round. So, I don't know. But you're, 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 you have, in fact, what you're seeing is you're kind of seeing a mirror, the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs. You're seeing the team that is going for history, Golden State, you know, six champion or six finals appearances in eight years. Golden's, you know, Steph Curry is trying to win his fourth championship uh, and first finals MVP. The Tampa Bay Lightning are, are are trying to join the 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 Penguins, trying to join the Chicago Bulls, trying to join the uh, L.A. Lakers as teams of three peat. Now I'm not here. I don't know what the hardest sport is to three peat. I can say there's been more basketball three peats as far as the Lakers, Celtics did it way back when they won like a thousand championships in a row because they were playing against people that was five feet and under. Um, also, like I said, the Lakers did it with Shaq and Kobe. The Heat almost did it. Golden State almost did it, but almost doesn't count. And I know there hasn't been too many three peats in in in, ho- in hockey, but I do know this. Both of these teams. This is the this is the matchup that we sh- we were supposed to get and we got, which you usually don't see that too often. The you get the matchup that you're supposed to get. Remember when we were supposed to get a, a Kobe versus LeBron finals, and LeBron and Dwight Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic's beat LeBron, and then we got that. Remember we were we were supposed to see some of the matchups that we're supposed to see. We don't. But the reason why I said that the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning is the matchup that we're supposed to see again. Colorado Avalanche have been pretty much the best team this entire year. They're very young. They, they've they always been good. They just haven't been able to get over that hump until this year. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, like I just stated, are trying to, trying to three-peat. A lot of people said their first championship wasn't legit because, you know, it was during COVID and in the bubble. And then the second year they came back and, and put that to bed. And now this year, which they came in hobbled. They came, you know, they came in. They've been underdogs. I mean, they lost. They've been underdogs majority of their their run. I mean, they were down two two games to zero against the Rangers. And in game three, I think the Rangers had a two goal lead. Until, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning woke up. So who do who do I have? Again, and, and I know the Avalanche has, has has won before, but this is why I said that this this is another reason why I say this kind of mirrors the NBA Finals. Now, again, I don't know who's going to win the NBA Finals. I know Golden State is up three two, and I predicted. Uh, Golden State in six. It could go to seven. Boston could win in seven. I don't know who's going to win. But one of the biggest reasons, like I said before, that Golden State was going to win is experience. There's something when you come down to two games to zero and you're you're going for a three-peat. That's, that's one reason why I was... I, I, you felt how important 2019 was to Golden State. 
Now, of course, everybody fell apart from, you know, Clay to, to uh, hell, DeMarcus Cousins when he was on the team. He got hurt. KD got hurt. Steph got hurt. Everyone pretty much fell apart at some point of that playoff run. And, of course, it was KD and, and Clay that ultimately fell apart in the, play, uh, in the finals. But you felt how important it was to them to make history. Because it's it's tough. Hell, look at some of the greatest teams to win back to back, but never win three. The Houston, Ro- I mean, the Houston Rockets with Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, the 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 Heatles with LeBron, D Wade, and Chris Bosh. Um, against arguably the greatest team of all time, the 2017-18 uh, Golden State Warriors with KD, Steph, and Clay and Dre. Hell, it's hard to win three in a row because if it was easy, a lot of people would do it. But I say all that to say, if you're at the cusp, if you're at, if you're knocking on that three in a, the three peat door, I think that you you know that how rare that is. So you're going to try as hard as possible to get it. And while yes, the Colorado Colorado Avalanche has arguably arguably been the best team this entire year as far as the youth, the speed. Uh, the the goalie situation, even though even though the Tampa Bay Lightning have arguably the best goalie in while they didn't you know, while Shesterkin was the best goalie this year, I think that overall the Tampa Bay Lightning have the best goalie. And uh I don't know how to say the man's name. It starts with a V. He was the he was the cover of last episode, but um I'm gonna go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. When you know when you're at the when you're at the at the door of history, and the team that you have to beat is a is a very young team, kind of like what you're seeing with Golden State against Boston. I think the advantage goes to the team that's been there. Hell, the Rangers found out about that the hard way against the the Tampa Lightning, and while the Colorado Avalanche is not the Rangers, or they're not the Rangers, I do think that. The Tampa Bay Lightning is going to be tough to for them not to not to pretty much make history. So I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, if you're a Colorado fan, you should be excited because every single time I picked somebody to win, it's been drastically wrong. So I don't know, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay Lightning. I think the first game was yesterday. Uh, so you know, I got the Tampa Bay Lightning winning. So we'll see. Let's move forward. I've said this. I've said on this podcast before. One thing people don't like to do is relinquish power, especially if they had it for a while. And that's kind of what we're seeing with this. uh, Live golf tournament versus the PGA tournament. You're seeing now I didn't under I didn't know that a lot of players, a lot of caddies, a lot of players, they don't make much of if any money on the PGA tour if you're not like the top of the top. I didn't know that. You see you're seeing a lot of pushback with against the LIV golf or live golf, whatever you want, however you want to say it, because it's new. And because you're seeing big names like, like Philip Mickelson, uh, 
jump ship, like jump from the PGA Tour, disqualify himself from the PGA Tour to go to live golf. And my thing is, I kind of look at it like, I look at it like the NFL and the USFL or the NFL or the Canadian Football League or the NBA and overseas. It's like you can have both. Now, under, hell, a lot of people are, are, are moving from the PGA Tour to the Live Golf Tour, I guess, because I think that the, the last place you're guaranteed to make money, which is not the case for the PGA Tour. Hell, I've looking into this story and looking into the situation, I didn't understand how much people struggle if you're at the bottom of the PGA Tour. Hell, some people can't afford to live <laughs> like can't afford a, a living they just do it to for the love of the game i guess that won't be the case for live and 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 what the pga tour doesn't like is that you're relinquishing power you see it's different when the nfl right why do you think it's so hard for another league to succeed why do you think it's so hard for the XFL? Why do you think it was so hard or so hard for the USFL? Hell, I didn't even realize the UFS, USFL was still playing. Because when you are the big dog, the top of the top, for the longest, you do not want to relinquish that power. It's tough for you to relinquish that power. And that's what we're seeing the fight between PGA and LIV. I don't I don't see a problem with it. I mean, I understand, you know, if you're golfing for one, you can't golf for another, but if the PGA Tour would change, you know, their their you know, allow people to make more money cuz you know the Masters and the PGA Tour makes money. Hell, I don't even think women can compete in the Masters. You just there's just you just have to change your practices, man. And until then, I don't see a problem with LIV Golf and PGA Tour coexisting. Doesn't mean they have to help each other, but they can coexist. And I don't think you should chastise or shun players for jumping the PGA Tour to go to LIV for a paycheck. Because at the end of the day, why do you go to work for a paycheck? You think people that work at McDonald's do it for the love of the game? You think people that work at the garbage truck, they just love the smell of garbage in the morning? Because For the love of the garbage? No, they do it for money. They do it so they can survive. They do it. You think people, you think, you think lawyers... Even though they probably love being a lawyer, but you think lawyers love listening to a defend or their their client pretty much lie to them probably? No, they do it for the money. So they could not saying that there's not they don't love what they do, but you're telling me uh, <laughs> you're telling me if a basketball player made no money still had all the bills that he has made no money hooping you think he'll still hoop and not get a job what i'm saying is this man pj tour you make enough money pay your people 
Because you see LIV Golf is doing that, and now you're seeing you're losing people left and right. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Let's move forward. I do want to say congratulations and a shout-out. I know this happened, what, last week, but I do want to say congratulations and shout-out to Oklahoma Sooners, Oklahoma Sooners women's softball for winning the NCAA tournament. I think they won back-to-back champions, actually. Uh, I think they won last year, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I know they definitely won this year. And shouts out to Jocelyn Aleo. Aleo. A-L-O. Alao. She is probably she's probably one of the most dominant uh, college athletes we've ever seen. Uh, I know she's probably arguably the greatest softball hitter we've ever seen softball player we've ever seen this Oklahoma squad was the most dominant we've ever seen especially when we talk about the World Series and the playoffs um yeah man it I, it <laughs> I know I know it's tough when you have a lot of things you have the NHL playoffs going on you have the college World Series as far as men's baseball you have the NBA finals going on you know, a lot of organizations just love to talk about football when we're in OTAs and just starting many uh, mandatory training camps. But I did not want to go without shouting out arguably the most dominant team in NCAA history, no matter the sport. The Oklahoma soon Oklahoma Oklahoma Sooners women's softball. I want to shout out to you guys. Um and shouts out to uh, Jocelyn Alejo for being arguably the greatest softball hitter of all time. So, shouts out to y'all. I also want to do a congratulations to Floyd Mayweather, man. And it's not just Floyd Mayweather. So, Floyd Mayweather, let me say this. Floyd Mayweather was inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. First of all, I was today years or yesterday years old when I found out there was a Boxing Hall of Fame. I don't know why I didn't know that there wasn't a Boxing Hall of Fame, but... You know, shouts out to them. And now that I do know that there's a Boxing Hall of Fame, uh, it's only right that Floyd Mayweather was inducted into it. Now, he wasn't the only inductee. I know Andre Ward was inducted. And Roy Jones Jr., I believe, was inducted, which I don't know why the hell it took so long for Roy Jones Jr. if he was inducted the same time as Floyd Mayweather. But when we talk about... I know... All right, so... A lot of people have a tough time to separate somebody's, you know, somebody's performance on the, on the field or on the basketball court or in the ring compared to their off the, you know, extracurricular activities. And of course, we know Floyd Mayweather has had some allegations in the past. Um, I think they 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 came out to be untrue or came out to like untrue I don't know but I do know this when we talk about some of the when we talk about boxing and we talk about the history of boxing we talk about the greatest boxers of all time you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you did not put Floyd Mayweather as one of the greatest boxers, if not the greatest boxer of all time, one of the greatest defensemen of all time, one of the one of the smartest, most agile boxers of all time. You see, you cannot like Floyd Mayweather if you want. You may not like his cockiness. 
You may not like his brashness. You may not like his bravado. You may not like his uh, su- uh, su- suave, suave, whatever. You may not like his 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 vigor about himself. But one thing that you cannot debate is his record and the fact that every single time he's had to step up 50 times, all 50 times he's won. So congratulations, Floyd Mayweather, for being inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. One of the greatest boxers of all time, whether you somebody likes him or not, you're one of the greatest. So, and before we go, the unpopular topic of the week. <sighs> so, I think as of yesterday, two more, uh, two more names were added into the Deshaun Watson lawsuit. We also know about that. I think the New York Times report that. Talked about NDAs and 60, 66 other other women and the Houston Texans may have had uh, may have had a, a part in this. The question is now, what happens next? Because if you look at what we're seeing from face value, Deshaun Watson is still with the team, still with his uh. Still with the Cleveland Browns, still has a two hundred and thirty million fully guaranteed contract, and it just seems like time after time after time after time, more gets added to this uh, sexual misconduct civil suit. A lot of people ask what the NFL should do. I think at the at the at the minimum, they should suspend him for a year. I think this the we talk about image a lot, and I remember I came on here talking about Calvin Ridley and why they were so harsh on Calvin Ridley and not harsh on a lot of these domestic violence cases. This is starting, and and, and you're kind of seeing the same thing with Deshaun Watson to an extent. This is Deshaun Watson's problem. Now, the the league looks bad because they have been slow to respond. And and let me first sit here and say, I don't know if it's true. I'm not saying I don't believe it's true. I'm not saying that it's not true. What I'm saying is I don't know. You're guilty until proven innocent, so I'm not going to say it's true. I'm not going to say it's not. But what I will say is it's, it's a bad look when you have so many people and so many people with the same story are that don't know each other and and as a league you have done nothing but kind of empower this guy now again i i don't know if it's true or not deshaun watson can be hella hella innocent he also can be hella guilty and I don't I just don't understand. It's a bad optic that you have him practicing with the team. Not saying that he I'm not saying that his his career should be over, but until you get this thing situated, until you get these cases situated, maybe it would be best not to have him with the organization. 
Not to mention the fact that a lot of people say, will he ever, if he, if you do suspend him for a year minimum, will he ever play again? And I said, hell yeah. I'm not saying hell yeah, like, yeah, I want to see him play again. I'm saying hell yes. Yo, we know, look at, we know what the league cares about, man. You think, we saw Ray Rice. domestically abuse his wife on camera. And the only reason why he really didn't survive that is because he was at the tail end of his career. We've seen some terrible allegations from Tyreek Hill. We've seen some terrible allegations from Antonio Brown. We've seen some terrible allegations from Kareem Hunt. We've seen some terrible allegations from or about uh, Antonio Brown. Yet because they're still serviceable, because they still, hell, Tyreek Hill is arguably, there was a time when, hell, Antonio Brown, the only reason why I'm questioning now if he's going to be in the Hall of Fame is because of how he's exited his last few, three teams, three, four teams. But if we just talk about the numbers, if we talk about the production, it is no question that Antonio Brown is a Hall of Famer. And there's also still, we saw what happened in Tampa Bay. And there's a lot of people that still think, maybe not this year, but next year he'll probably get another shot. The league will tolerate a whole hell of a lot if you're talented. And Deshaun Watson is arguably a top five quarterback in this league. So, hell yeah. You can suspend him for a year. Hell, the, the, the Cleveland Browns knew that there was a strong possibility that he would not be here for a year. You know why? Because if you look at his contract, the first year he makes the minimum. His, his contract is so backloaded. The first year, I think he only makes like 500000 or maybe, maybe like it's the minimum. Because they knew you could possibly not be here for a year due to what's going on. With the civil civil suits, so I'm not I'm not here saying you know, Deshaun Watson did it. I'm not here saying he didn't do it. What I am saying is, you're seeing you're seeing exactly what people care about in this situation, because there's no way in you, you you the Cleveland Cleveland Browns clearly lied and said they did a thorough investigation. Yeah, they did know about the 66 women that 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 the that the New York Post pretty much found out about or the NDAs or the Houston Texans involvement. Apparently they didn't know that, but they did a thorough investigation. You're also seeing that the league don't the league there's not much the league is doing either cuz he's still Still Deshaun Watson, still one of the highest paid players. Now, I'm not saying, again, I'm not here saying he did it. I'm not here saying he didn't. But what I will end this show is by saying the optics. As we knew when you, he was going to get that, as when he got that huge contract and still the civil suits were not closed, we knew this was going to look bad. So at the minimum, I would say close or I would say uh at least suspend him for a year, minimum. 
and then see where we go from there. Because it's not a good look. And the optics are not pretty good having him practice with the team. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweaters, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different options, multiple different colors, multiple different sizes. Get your Unpopular Podcast gear today. Also, please subscribe to where you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. I want more people to experience the popular podcast, and I can't do it alone. So please leave, you know, like, comment, share, do what you can do. I do appreciate it. And until next time, much love. God is great. First and foremost. Oh. Don't you wish everything could be so perfect? Free enterprise, overexposed, irritated, uneducated, still scribble my flows. The jubilation, the euphoria, pushing the foreign in the morning, pick your daughter up. Drop your seed off, let the weed off. Slow motion, fast forward till we speed off. Grinding till my new account is fully at ease. Beefing with broke niggas, really like pulling my teeth. Get away from it. You looking so suspicious, like pocket heavy hearted. You simple minded niggas. Don't be jealous of me. I keep enough foes. Get all the sneakers, not enough clothes. You could have the X. I got enough foes. You could have my necks once we a month old. Reptile, black Birkin, bamboo handle. Not a trophy on the mantle, but I got a phantom. Being down in that was inconceivable. When you find out the one you love is just misleading you. Trying to make a living, remain spiritual. Egotistical ways I embraced back in middle school. If the chick was game, we would run a train. Send her home on the bus and forget her name. But now the bitches be the realest one. I done cried on the shoulder when I'm feeling numb. Seen a man get life and never shed a tear. But his daughter in the ninth never pissed the ears. Time will come when all that nice shit disappears. Why you think I'm on the night shift with pills? Mind frame of that boy that was found slain. Mouth slain, you could tell I've been around Kane. Double R, Ricky Ross, bitch, we been the game. Bottom of the black market, time to rise again. My inner Andre 3000. Uh. So many false allegations, it's my image tainted. Three weeks in the hole as if a nigga heinous. As I'm pacing in the cell, all these pictures painted. All I wanted was some Bel Air in a Danish. Inmates gave me commissary just because I'm famous. Or is it cause I'm rich and I know what pain is? Assassinate Trump like I'm Zimmerman. Now accept these words as they came from Eminem. Democratic Party sentenced to the pendulum, killing them. I voted for Andre Benjamin. Head of black music, do you know what rhythm is? Stick your hand in the basket, it gets venomous. Straight player, my chicks finish my sentences. Trying to squash the beef for killing nemesis. Show up at the wedding in my Timberlands. And for the record, know my best man to kill a bitch. So if I die before I wake, say I, I lived my way. Never said I would be perfect. Never said that I deserved it. Never said I would lie. Never said I wouldn't make my mom cry. But if I'm gonna die, I believe it's alright. 